Hey guys, good morning, good morning. I hope, uh, hope and pray that uh, you're doing well today. Um, hope things are going great. Of course, uh, for some of us, we're still a little bit in mourning over the loss to the Cincinnati Bengals last weekend. Uh, but we're moving forward and uh, we're going to be okay. Jesus is still on the throne. So we're going to be all right. We've been talking about dreaming big, uh, dreaming big. And um, we've talked a, a little bit about like dreams in the Bible and, and, and who God spoke to and, and, and what God said or what he did or how it came about. And we also looked at where we find our dreams. And I think out of everything, that's probably for us in a practical way, one of the most important things is where we should look for our dreams. And first of all, we shouldn't go looking for a dream. We should just be faithful to God in everything that we do. Just be the person that when God looks down on the earth looking for someone to use in a big way that he's going to give a dream to, we're the ones that are living our lives faithful, that God says there's someone I can use, and then God will give you a dream. Be faithful in the little bitty things. That's what we're talking about. We're going to kind of shift gears a little bit today, and then next month we're going to move again into a new series. Um, but today I want to talk a little bit about um, a topic that is um, very near and dear to all of us and very important to God. Um, and there's a lot of things that are important to God. If you think about it, a number of things are important to God. We could probably make a list of the things that we think, and maybe for a second we ought to do that. What, what's important to God? Just think about it. Now, what's important to me or what's important to, to, to you know, my little world? But what is important to God? That's a good question, isn't it? Things that are important to God. And the, the one thing um, that I think is super important to God that involves every person on the planet is family. Family is big to God. God is all about family. It's really important. Mom and dad and grandparents and uncles and aunts and cousins and siblings and the, the whole family unit, the way God made it, the way he created it. And today for us here at Burlington Christian Church, it's Family Sunday. So our kids are in the room with us today. And uh, we're just going to be talking a little bit about family because we want to share some things with them and with everyone involved. So it's kids and adults, parents, aunts, uncles, whoever you are, whatever role you play. And the cool thing is we all... We move through all these roles, don't we? That's kind of a really interesting thing is we start off like infants and little children and we become young, uh, young people, teenagers, and then we become young adults and then we become parents and then we become grandparents and we're aunts and we're uncles all along the way. And so, you know, every role in the family, we pretty much live through at some point in our life. And so family is huge for all of us. Whether you're a mom or a dad, at this point in your life, it, it matters to all of us what the family is supposed to be about. 
And I won't ask you who your favorite family member is. I will ask the kids uh, when we meet together. Uh, it will be interesting to see what they have to say about who their fa favorite person is. Usually it's an uncle or an aunt. But most, most of the time, I would say the highest percentage of the time, people are going to say, my mom. I think mom plays such a big role in the life of uh, a kid, especially a kid. In the family, everyone though has a role to play. It's kind of like on a team, everyone has a place, a role, a purpose, a position to play in the team. Like in sports, it doesn't matter what sport it is, if it's a team sport, then there's other people that have to be considered. There's other people that you're working with and for, and they're working with and for you. And there's this kind of like uh, this effort to be better as a unit by being really good as an individual. Like the better I am, the better we are, right? That's how teams work, but it's about the team. God's idea of family is like foundational to all of the world and all of society. In fact, family is the very core of society, family. You know, we probably don't stop and think about this very often, but the family unit is so important, not just to God, but to the whole system of creation and, and uh, mankind. Like everything revolves, either falls or arises around the family, which is why there's no, there's no surprise that the devil is attacking the family big time in our time right now, in our days, in this generation. The family is under so much pressure and so much attack by the enemy to dismember the family, to discount the family, to confuse what a family actually is, and to just make it out to be anything in our world. The Bible says a lot about family, but probably one of the most important passages of scripture about a family is in Joshua 24, where Joshua says, choose for yourself this day whom you are going to serve, because there are all kinds of things that you could serve and chase after if you want to. But Joshua goes on to say, as for me and my house, my family, we will serve we, mom and dad and the kids and the grandparents and the aunts and the uncle, we are going to serve the Lord. That's who we're going to serve. You could go serve whatever you want, whoever you want. There's plenty of options out there. But when you understand who God is in our life and how important God is to the world and to mankind and to our family, then we will serve the Lord. We're going to do everything we do God's way. See, one thing is for sure. God is calling us to honor him in our lives as individuals and as a family. And parents, you must do your job. Grandparents, if you're a grandparent, right? You've, you've moved through parenthood. And now your kids are all grown like we are. And now we got grandkids. The job continues. We are like, we are like, like, we're like 
parent, <laughs> I don't even know what it is, parent like uh, um, super parents to our to our grandkids now. Like we're, we're not their parents, but they're looking to us like parents' parents. You know, like we should be, we should be much better. We should be much better at helping our grandkids move through life as we were our, even our own kids because we've kind of been through it once. And now, you know, we don't just spoil our kids, our grandkids and just send them home or give them candy or whatever. And I know we joke a lot about that and talk about that, but it's more, it should be more to it than that. We grandparents should be the ones teaching them faith. We should be the ones making sure that they know God because We've come to a point where we really know now what's, what's important in life, right? When we're raising our kids, we're just trying to survive. Like that's what young parents are doing. They're just trying to survive. But as grandparents now, we can really zoom in on what's most important for our grandkids. And we, we should be doing that. So if you're a grandparent or you're an uncle or an aunt or whatever you are, parent, we have a job to do. And kids, if there's any kids listening, you also have a job to do. And I want to talk about these two things today. So first of all, we're going to start with our kids. God has a path for our kids. If you're a child, God has a path for you. And, and it's good. It's a good path. It's a path that's full of blessing. And it's a path that is full of promises. Like God has so much blessing that he wants to pour out on kids, on his children. And, and, and we should think about this in two different ways. One, our earthly family, like, like our earthly children and grandchildren and, and nieces and nephews, that way we should think about this. But we should also think about this in light of God's family, that we are all sons and daughters and we have a heavenly father that we will answer to. And, and so as long as we're on the earth, we are his children. And, and we, uh, we, we are in this together. Not only with our uh, peers, but even with our, own, our siblings and with our own children. We are, we are sons and daughters of God, helping each other walk and look to the Father to honor Him. So think about it that two way, the earthly family and the heavenly family, because God has a plan for every child, every child. In Exodus chapter uh, 20, verse 12, it says, Honor your father and mother so that you may live long in the land and that the Lord your God is giving you. Do you see that? He says, Honor, honor your father honor your my kids children honor your father and your mother why so that it will go well so that it will go well with you so that you will live long in the land this is important because you know back in the old testament god gave us uh, a very simple principle to, to understand on the earth as people. And that is the blessings and the cursings, right? God says, if you honor me, you keep me first, you obey my commands, you will be blessed. You choose to dishonor me, you choose to disrespect my commands, 
and you will be cursed. It's very simple. It's just cut and dry, right? Right down the middle. You bless God, God will bless you. You curse God, God is going to curse you. That's all there is to it. I mean, how simple and how clear can it be? We, we understand that that's how it is. God says here in this passage in Exodus, he says, look, if you honor your father and your mother, it, it, it will go good for you. It will, be, it will be a good thing for you to do this. And in other words, if you don't honor your mother and father, it's probably not going to go well for you. You probably are not going to live long in the land. But then he says, Paul, or, or he says that God gives you. See that at the end? You'll live long in the land that your Lord, that the Lord your God is giving you. He's obviously talking to them at that point about the promised land. But you and I know everything that we have is a gift from God. God gives all things to us, right? He gives us everything. And so God is the giver. And as long as we honor him and his system, in this case, mom and dad, it's going to go well for us because God's going to give. It's how God works. Paul adds to this in Colossians chapter 3, verse 20. He says, children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. And that's an important thing. This means that if we will honor God, by obeying our parents, then, then God is pleased with this. This pleases God. And it's going to, when God is pleased with the way we're living, that we are honoring him and the way we choose to live and our behavior and our actions, then God blesses us. He looks for people like this that he can use in an even greater way. That's you and that's me. That's people who are honoring God. And so God's number one rule in light of these passages of scripture is this. God's number one rule for kids in the family is simply this. Listen, listen, listen to your parents. God's number one rule for a young person growing up in this world is listen to your parents. Because what you're learning as a young person is the way you listen to your parents is the way that you listen to God. Now, most of us learn this the hard way. Most of us learn this the hard way. I mean, many of us are born with a, a rebellious kind of nature. Not everybody, but some of us are. Hard to know who those people are. They all kind of look alike for a while. But eventually, they start to think on their own and, and move on their own and, and make decisions on their own. And they don't want to do and conform to the way that the rest of the family may be. I remember when I was a kid, I mean, there were a number of things that I did that I shouldn't have done, but my parents tried to teach me right and wrong. They taught all my brothers and my sisters uh, right and wrong. And my parents did an amazing job raising eight kids. Uh, unbelievable. I don't even know how they did it. My mom was a superhero. And, um, and that's just the way that is. But, you know, they taught us right and wrong and to respect others and to uh, be kind and all these things in the midst of our chaotic lifestyle of, of growing up with a bunch of boys. Um, but one of the things they, they, my dad said to me was like, me and my friend Timmy were outside and we're, we're playing catch in his driveway, which is between our house and his house. And, and my dad's like, be careful, boys. You know, there's windows around here, that kind of thing. And um, we're like, oh, we got this. 
And I'm out by the street and Timmy is down the driveway and we're playing catch. Well, one got away from me and it goes right through our living room window. Well, Timmy and I run off behind, hide behind his garage. And sure, my dad comes out and he looks to take him along. But he found us. He found us. And, 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 and the point of the story is simply this. Sometimes we don't listen very well. And when we don't, usually something bad is going to happen. It happens to pretty much all of us in life. We learn this the hard way. Uh, there's lots of other ways that I learned the hard way growing up. But, but the key is, and God's number one rule for kids, and for us as adults in the kingdom view of the family, is listen. Now don't write this off just because I'm talking to kids. Adults, when it comes to God, we need to listen. Like just listen. Listen to what God is trying to tell us. Parents, Parents have been on the earth for a long, long time. You know, they, they've been here a while. Uh, I was talking to somebody about this today. Like when you're young, when you're in your teens, a teenager, or uh, even younger, you, you, when you think of somebody older, like your aunt or your uncle, you, you, you always think of them as being like ancient. They are so old. And then you get to be in your 20s and 30s, and you're, you're going, no, that's not so old after all. And you get to be 40 and 50, and you're like, no, that's not old at all. But, but, but for a young person, they're ancient. Well, if you're a parent, you've been on the planet a long time, you've probably made a lot of mistakes. You have learned a lot of lessons, which means that a parent or an adult has wisdom. They have wisdom, they have messed up. And, and, and here's the cool thing, if they're still alive, they survived it, like they survived their mess ups. And for some people, that doesn't always happen. Some people don't make it out alive. But if your parents, your adults are on the earth, breathing and living and in your life, then they have made it through some difficult times in life and they can help you avoid, avoid a lot of messes in this world. Because we're not mice, but in a way, we are surrounded by traps. And as a young person, we don't understand that, but, but we are truly surrounded by temptations and, and dangers and traps all around us. And the cool thing about our parents or an adult in our life is they can help us maneuver the traps of life so we don't get our tail caught or our foot caught or our head caught in a trap. Like they're valuable for us to learn from and they know they not only have wisdom to know what not to do or have learned from mistakes, but they also know how good God is. Like they have watched God in their own life over 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years help rescue them from the traps in this world. And so we know the goodness of God, that his grace is great and, and that God leads us through this world. He, he leads us through it. This is valuable for a young person, for a kid. This is so invaluable to them. They can help. The older people in our life can help us as younger people see the goodness of God in the midst of the traps of the world. And when you honor your parents, 
Here's the thing. When you honor your parents, you honor God. When you honor your parents, you honor God because it's God who put them in place to be the adult in our life, to be our parents, to be our mom, and to be our dad, our aunt, or our uncle. And we need those people in our life. They're so important. In Psalm 127, the scripture says, Children are a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward from him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born of one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. Arrows, children. Blessed is the man. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them them. And so God's number two rule, and that's all just two for kids, is this. Be a blessing. Listen, listen well. Children of God, children of parents, listen well. And number two, be a blessing. Be a blessing. Live to make your parents and the Lord proud. Live your life to please them. Live your life in a way to bring honor and glory and praise and blessing to them. They bless us. We, young people, should bless them. We should live our lives to bless them. You know, there's a lot of people in this world, a lot of kids in this world, a lot of adults in this world who are not living very good lives. They are living very reckless lives. They are destroying things. They are uh, destroying themselves. They are hurting other people with, with all kinds of wickedness and evil in this world. They are causing all kinds of trouble on the earth when you look around and you see the news and you watch what's going on. There's a lot of people not being a blessing to God and definitely not being a blessing to their parents or anyone else around them. The psalmist that we just read the passage says a couple of things about, about us as, as children, as children of God and as children in the world. First of all, he says, children are a heritage from the Lord. You see it? They're a heritage from the Lord. It means, heritage means past, like a, a rich past, a, a great history, great generational ancestry. Uh, it's, 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 in other words, it's God's special connection that you have with a long line of people that have brought you to your time on the earth and will continue in generations to come. You are part of a long heritage. Children are that. They are, they are, they are connected to the past, but they are part of what's going on in the future. They are going to carry it on in time forward. And that's pretty cool. Children are a heritage from God. Now that's still what they are. What we do with them in the overlapping time that we have on this planet with our children, because face it, our parents died or are going to die. We're going to be here without them. We're going to die and our kids are going to be here without us. And it's going to overlap. It's going to keep overlapping generation after generation. What we do with them in this, this window of time that we have matters to God. He says they are, children, are arrows in the hands of a warrior. Think about an arrow in the hands of a warrior. 
So you got an arrow and that's your child. And we're gonna direct that child, we're gonna aim that child, we're gonna try to give that child some kind of purpose. We're gonna try to give that, we're gonna keep that arrow sharp. We're gonna help that arrow be as healthy and as straight and as, 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 as purposeful as we possibly can. And we're going to send them off with a target in mind. We are going to lead them in a certain direction. What is the direction that we are leading them? Where are we pointing our arrows as we live every day in our life, as we, we, we involve ourselves in the world? What are they seeing from us? Where are we pointing them to? What are we showing them as important in this world? Is God most important to us and, and we're showing them that? Or are other things important to us and we're showing them that? We have to figure out as adults where we're aiming our arrows, where they're gonna end up, where are they gonna go to when we're gone? We're out of here. And the third thing he says is, blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. So you have lots of arrows, you are most blessed. So have lots of arrows, right? Like you got kids and then you got grandkids and these are like arrows in your quiver. And have a lot of them because you'll be blessed because you can aim them all to the Lord and point them all in the right direction, right? And when you live a blessing, when you live a blessing, you become a blessing. When we don't act right, we don't aim in the right directions, then we hurt other people. We end up hurting others if we're not if we're not moving and headed in the right direction, we're going to steer other people wrong as well. It, starts, it really starts with us. Where are we moving? And then where do we want others to move? Live to be a blessing. That's the point. Live to be a blessing. To make God and your parents proud. Not in riches, not in career so much, not in money and all that stuff of the world, but in the quality of your character, like who you really are, your attitude and your behavior, that you are honoring God with your life, with everything about you. That's kids, parents, parents, parents. Parents, I got one big truth for you, and then we're done. God has a role for you to play as well, parents, and he is really, really, really leaning on parents and adults, aunts and uncles, grandma and grandpa, to raise not your kids, but to raise his kids. To raise the children that he has given and blessed you with. We are simply stewards. We are caretakers of everything on the planet. Everything that God has given to you and your family and your money and your house and whatever, that these, you're a caretaker of it. You, you are, we are stewards of these things that God has given to us, everything, even our children. We are stewards of our children because they belong and they've come from him. And God is calling us to be good stewards, parent, good stewards. We're to be good stewards. And here's the truth. As the family goes, so goes the community and the country. This is a true statement. It all starts 
at the bottom line with you and your family. And if it's healthy, the community's healthy. If the community's healthy, the country's healthy. If, if the family falls apart, the community also falls apart and the country also falls apart. That is why the attack from the devil in our day is on the foundation of a part of the whole society, which is family. Just, just distort what a family is, distort what a mom and dad is, take the Bible and throw it away and make up our own rules about who a mom or a dad is and who children are and what your gender might be and just confuse the next generation enough to where they don't know what ends up. This is the attack that the enemy is having on our culture and on our country and on our communities, he is attacking our families. And we have a huge responsibility. God has a plan for parents. In uh, 1 Timothy chapter 3, this is, this is a passage that Paul is talking to Timothy, but he's talking to kind of the leaders in the church, God's leaders on the earth. And he says, must manage, uh, leaders must manage his own family well and see that his children obey him, he must do so in a manner worthy of full respect. So look at this passage for a second. You can flip there in your Bible and see the context of what's going on. Paul's talking to church leaders, but he's saying, men, dads, look, there's a couple of things you need to know. Parents, adults, dads, you have this huge responsibility, and that is you are to lead the way. You, dad, you, dad, in, in the scope of the family and in the scope of the world and the scope of God's creation and the order that God made Adam and Eve and everything else that came from them, dads, men, you are to lead the way. And shame on us, when we don't. Shame on men in this world who say they know God, but are not leading the way for their own kids, for their grandkids, for the people around them and the community around them. They're not engaged in the world at all, and they're not leading the way because they're not involved. Shame on us, men. Shame on us. We have some cleaning up to do. We really, really do. And if we don't, things are going to get worse before they get better. But men are to lead the way. They're to set the pace, to be a godly example for our kids and our grandkids and our neighbor kids to see. We're to, we're to be a living, like a living explanation of the gospel. We are to be the incarnate uh, word of God for the people around us. Like they see the Bible come to life in the way we live, in the way we act, in the things we say. And when your kids are grown, the job is not done. Like my kids are grown and out of the house and they have their own kids. My job is not done. I have now grandkids to continue to help mold and shape. And, 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 and we are to go. We should go and be an example to the young people, like in our schools and in our community. There are all kinds of young people around us who need godly influences in their lives. Our teens need godly men and women around them. <clears throat> Our young people today 
need people who will go out there and lead the way. Show them what it means to be a godly person. Paul points out three things here, parents, especially dads. Number one, manage your own family well. That means take care of it. That means lead the way. That means provide. It means a lot of things. Manage your own family well. Don't, don't get hung up on things that don't matter. Point your, your kids and your family in the direction of the Lord and, and move with them in the direction of the Lord. Manage, manage, caretake, steward the family that God has given you really well. And not just your kids, but the next generation, your grandkids. And all that will come while you're alive on the planet, it's our job to manage that well. Men, we need to manage it well. He says, see to it that your children obey you. So this doesn't mean beat them over the head. This simply means lead them in such a good way that they, they follow in your footsteps. Like they are obeying you because you have helped them learn to obey. You're obeying God and now they're learning to obey you because they know that one day they're gonna learn to obey God in the way that you do, but you're leading them in that direction. You're leading them, you're not shoving them, you're not pushing them, you don't, you don't move a rope by being at the back of it, move pushing it forward. You lead a rope by getting in front and pulling it and it follows, right? A rope will follow you. And that's how you lead, we lead. We set an example for our children in obedience. We listen to them, we give them respect and encouragement, and love, and we, we create an environment where they want to obey us. We don't force them to, we, 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 we want them to obey us because they love us and we love them the same way that God loves us and we love God and so we wanna please God because of his love for us. And our kids need to see that reflection of God in, in you, Dad. New mom. And the last thing he says, do it all in a manner worthy of full respect. And that tells us how we should go about helping our kids obey us and how we should go about managing our family well. We do it with respect. We do it in a manner of full respect, like God's way. We don't pound anyone into submission. We simply lead the way by our own godly example. Parents, adults, our primary job is to demonstrate faith. Our primary job with our kids and the next generation, demonstrate faith. Like we do this in all kinds of ways by the things we do and we get engaged with or we get involved with. Those things are godly things. And by the things we stay away from or resist. We're, like, we're not gonna have anything to do with those things. And we demonstrate what faith looks like to people and our kids when we don't get involved in certain things because they're wrong and they're evil and they're, they're not of God. And our kids see this. This is what's okay. This is what we stay away from. They learn our talk, our joking, how we handle when things are good and how we handle when things are tough. I gotta tell you, they're gonna learn more from you when things are tough for you and how you act and how you handle the situation than they ever will when things are good. 
others are watching you. Your kids are watching you. Your students are watching you. Your grandkids are watching you. Your uh, people are watching your workmates, your coworkers, whatever. They're all watching you as a believer to see how you're going to handle yourself. And here's a truth that everybody knows, but we don't do very well. When it comes to kids, when it comes to kids, and when it comes to people in general, more is caught than taught. Your words are good, but your actions are 10 times more powerful. You can say, there's a lot of parents out there telling their kids one thing, and then they go do another thing, right? We see it all around us. Don't do as I do, do as I say, right? That's the, the model of the world. That's not godly. That's not a godly way to go. You want your kids to follow Jesus, then you follow Jesus. You want them to obey you and Jesus, then you obey Jesus, right? That's simply it. We, we don't just say it, we, although we should say it, but we better do it. We better be doing these things. The front lines. We all, we all know what the front lines are. We think about the front lines and we think about war, right? The dangers of war. It's messy. It's risky. Uh, it's where the troops are face to face with the enemy. Like they're on the front lines and they're like in harm's way and they could die. And there's a lot going on and it's chaotic and crazy and loud. Well, here's the thing. Our kids, our kids in this generation, in this world, they are on the front lines. Our kids are on the front line, adults. And it's not like it was when we were kids at all. When I was a kid growing up on Hurdle Avenue in Buffalo, New York, this world that our kids are growing up in now, totally different. Totally different than 40, 50 years ago. And parents, Here's the thing about the front lines and your kids being on it. It's your job. It's my job. It's our job as a, as, a, as a family, as the church, as adults, as aunts and uncles and grandparents. It's our job to provide support. We've got to give them support, direction, encouragement, discipline, grace, godliness, to show them, to be an example of what Christ-likeness looks like in the battlefield. We have to provide the support that they need. I read a sermon uh, not long ago this week. In fact, it was called, Our Life is a Battleground. And the person who wrote it, the sermonator, said this, Could you imagine if our military went to war with no weapons? It would be a slaughter. It would be a slaughter. They went running out on the front lines and they have no ammo. They got no bombs, they got no nothing, no guns. They just run out on the front lines without support. They are going to get crushed. And that's how we are. We are when we live our lives without Christ. It's how we are when we live our lives without the armor of God, when we live our lives without Jesus walking with us and us wanting to walk with him in this world. And this is how our kids are as they try to figure out life and the battle and the war. They need supplies and they need a godly example to see and to follow.
This is what our kids need. This is what the next generation needs. Why we need, this is why we need good workers with our children's ministry. This is why we need good workers with our teens to help them see godly examples of Christ. And I love Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10, story about Peter and Cornelius and uh, how God opens the doors to the Gentiles to come in. Like at first was all the Jews were God's chosen people. But now God in Acts 10 is going to open the doors to the Gentiles and he's going to give Peter a vision. <clears throat> Peter's an apostle of his. He's going to give him a vision, but he's looking for a godly Gentile person that he can use in a big way. And so he searches and he finds a guy by the name Cornelius. Now, Cornelius, he is a centurion in the mighty, uh, he's a mighty warrior. He's over lots and soldiers. He's from Caesarea. He's a commander in the Italian, I love that part, regiment, which is the Roman military. He's a big dog. He's a top dog. His position makes him popular, well-respected, looked up to, powerful. He's a busy guy. He has lots to do. He's got lots to organize. He's got people to train. He's got warriors to, to enlist. He's got lots to do, this guy. But here's the thing. God goes looking for somebody who is doing the little things well. And in the midst of his busy life, Cornelius is doing the busy things or the, 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 the important things well, the little things right and well. And God now is going to use him and an angel of the Lord is going to appear to him. And here's what happens in chapter uh, 10, verse 2. Here's what it says about Cornelius. Just a little glimpse into the life through the window. We're going to peek through the window of Cornelius just briefly. And here's what it says. He and all his family were devout God-fearing, he gave generously to those in need, and he prayed to God regularly. Three things pop out here that are so important for you and me as adults in the lives of young people that we're surrounded by, that we get to influence for God. Cornelius, he's very busy, he's very powerful, he's very rich, he's popular, and he's important. He's an important person. He's got lots to do, like many of us think we are. But now, now, God's going to get a hold of his life, and he is going to live large now for God, right? For God. This guy, Cornelius, if you read his story, he is every dad's hero. In the midst of his great importance, he has not forgotten his greatest priority. And his greatest priority is his family. Check it out. He and all of his family were devout. They're devoted. They're devoted to God. They are God-fearing people. Cornelius is engaged with his family. He is leading them by example. He is leading the way. And he does what he says he's going to do, which is so important. He's consistent. He follows through. Because so many parents say one thing and they do another. Cornelius is not that guy. He says what he's going to do and he does what he says. That's important. He gives generously. Look at this. God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need. Do you see that? He kept a supply of orange bags with cool things inside for a homeless person in his car. And whenever he met one, he opened up the window and he said, hey, here's some things that maybe you can use. Our church does that. I love that. By the way, we need to get more of those bags. If you want to help us with that, that'd be amazing. 
we gave away a couple hundred bags of 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 just cool things uh, toothpaste and brushes and water and snacks and things in a bag that we could just give to homeless people and you can do that in your own hometown you should do that we should all be busy doing that he gave generously to people in need and guess what there's no doubt in my mind his kids saw that his kids watched him roll down the window and hand a homeless person a bag or walk the streets of the city and say, hey, how can I help you? Or buy somebody lunch. His kids saw this. You want to impact the child? Let them see you do something for somebody in need. Let them see that. I can't tell you how powerful that is. It will impact their lives forever. And the third thing he did is he prayed often. Like he prayed regularly, turned to God. Why? Because he knew. He showed his family who the big dog really is. It's not him. I am not the big dog. God is the big dog. And I am going to humble myself before the Lord. And I want my kids to know it. And I want my kids to see it. I want them to know that I turn to the Lord and they can turn to the Lord too. I trust the Lord and they can trust the Lord as well. You know what this is? Demonstrating faith. Cornelius is a man who demonstrated faith. Family is so very, very important to the Lord because the next generation is critical to God for us, for, for this world, for mankind. The passing of the baton. Parents, you have a very short window. You have a very short window to share with your children. Proverbs says this, start children off on the way they should go and even when they are old. They, they will not turn from it. They will not turn from it. And Deuteronomy says, these commands I give you today are to be on your hearts and press them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk on the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Like the God's truths are so important that you, you are imparting them into your children and your grandchildren and, and the kids in your community as often as you can. As you live life, you just share the truth of God. It isn't separated. It's all one thing. It's all the way we live for the Lord. And every moment can be a teaching moment about God. See, what I love, I love, I'm in our youth ministry room right now. What I love about our youth ministry right now, we've got maybe 20, 25 kids who come and hang out in here every uh, Sunday night. We have a youth group and we meet on Wednesday nights. We we're kind of do, we do Bible study on Wednesday night, a little deeper on Wednesday night. We've been having 15, 20 kids come on that. And, and what I love about it is this, is, is, is we just get to, I get to, I, I get to, I am blessed to, just walk along with other young people, teenagers, who are out there on the front lines and they have no support, none, zero. Most of these kids that I work with have zero support when it comes to spiritual truth and the word of God. And, and I get to, for a couple hours, hang out with them and, and walk with them and encourage them and, and listen for opportunities to help instill in their lives the word of God and the truths of Jesus just to simply be Jesus. We get to talk about Jesus together. Man, honestly, I need more adults. I need more adults that will work with our kids and our teens that will just walk with them and just be a part of helping them 
know Jesus better. It's really not that hard. It's not that hard at all. Family, family. Family is everything to God. And we will do well to make family our own personal family and the family of God our number one priority in life. Guys, have a great week. Let's go be the best family member for the kingdom of God, for our families and for the, the kids around us that need godly examples in their life. Go do something. Go get involved somewhere. Do it. Do it. And then let me know what you did because I, I really love to hear these stories.